This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joy Chan. The Romance of Tristan and Isolt by Joseph Bedier. Translated by H. Belloc. Part the First The Discovery. King Mark made peace with Tristan. Tristan returned to the castle as of old. Tristan slept in the king's chamber with his peers. He could come or go, the king thought no more of it. Mark had pardoned the felons, and as the seneschal, Dinas of Lydon, found the dwarf wandering in a forest abandoned, he brought him home, and the king had pity and pardoned even him. But his goodness did but feed the ire of the barons, who swore this oath. If the king kept Tristan in the land, they would withdraw to their strongholds as for war. And they called the king to parley. Lord, said they, drive you Tristan forth. He loves the queen as all who choose can see. But as for us, we will bear it no longer. And the king sighed, looking down in silence. King, they went on, we will not bear it, for we know now that this is known to you and that yet you will not move. Parley you, and take counsel. As for us, if you will not exile this man, your nephew, and drive him forth out of your land for ever, we will withdraw within our bailiwicks, and take our neighbours also from your court, for we cannot endure his presence longer in this place. Such is your balance. Choose. My lords, said he, once I hearkened to the evil words you spoke of Tristan, Yet was I wrong in the end. But you are my lieges, and I would not lose the service of my men. Counsel me, therefore, I charge you, you that owe me counsel. You know me for a man neither proud nor overstepping. Lord, said they, call then Frochin hither. You mistrust him for that orchard night. Still, was it not he that read in the stars of the queen's coming there, and to the very pine tree too? He is very wise. Take counsel of him. And he came, did that hunchback of hell. The felons greeted him, and he planned this evil. Sire, said he, let your nephew ride hard to-morrow at dawn, with a brief drawn up on parchment and well sealed with a seal. Bid him ride to King Arthur at Carduel. Sire, he sleeps with the peers in your chamber. Go you out when the first sleep falls on men. And if he love Isolt so madly, why, then I swear by God and by the laws of Rome, he will try to speak with her before he rides. But if he do so unknown to you or to me, then slay me. As for the trap, let me lay it, but do you say nothing of his ride to him until the time for sleep. And when King Mark had agreed, the dwarf did a vile thing. He bought of a baker four farthings worth of flour, and hid it in the turn of his coat. That night, when the king had supped, and the men-at-arms lay down to sleep in hall. Tristan came to the king as custom was, and the king said, Fair nephew, do my will. Ride to-morrow night to King Arthur at Carduel, and give him this brief with my greeting, that he may open it, and stay you with him but one day. And when Tristan said, I will take it on the morrow, the king added, I, and before day dawn. But as the peers slept all round the king their lord that night, a mad thought took Tristan that, before he rode, he knew not for how long, 
Before dawn he would say a last word to the queen, and there was a spear-length in the darkness between them. Now the dwarf slept with the rest in the king's chamber, and when he thought that all slept, he rose and scattered the flower silently in the spear-length that lay between Tristan and the queen. But Tristan watched and saw him and said to himself, It is to mark my footsteps, but there shall be no marks to show. At midnight, when all was dark in the room, no candle nor any lamp glimmering, the king went out silently by the door, and with him the dwarf. Then Tristan rose in the darkness, and judged the spear-length, and leapt the space between for his farewell. But that day in the hunt a boar had wounded him in the leg, and in this effort the wound bled. He did not feel it or see it in the darkness, but the blood dripped upon the couches and the flowers strewn between, and outside in the moonlight the dwarf read the heavens, and knew what had been done, and he cried, Enter, my king, and if you do not hold them, hang me high. Then the king and the dwarf and the four felons ran in with lights and noise, and though Tristan had regained his place, there was the blood for witness, and though Isolt feigned sleep, and Perinus too, who lay at Tristan's feet, yet there was the blood for witness. And the king looked in silence at the blood where it lay upon the bed, and the boards, and trampled into the flower. And the four barons held Tristan down upon his bed, and mocked the queen also, promising her full justice. And they bared and showed the wound whence the blood flowed. Then the king said, Tristan, now nothing longer holds, to-morrow you shall die. And Tristan answered, Have mercy, Lord, in the name of God that suffered the cross. But the felons called on the king to take vengeance, saying, Do justice, king, take vengeance. And Tristan went on, Have mercy not on me, for why should I stand at dying? Truly, but for you, I would have sold my honour high to cowards who, under your peace, have put hands on my body. But in homage to you I have yielded, and you may do with me what you will. But, Lord, remember the queen. And as he knelt at the king's feet, he still complained. Remember the queen, for if any man of your household makes so bold as to maintain the lie that I loved her unlawfully, I will stand up armed to him in a ring. Sire, in the name of God the Lord, have mercy on her. Then the barons bound him with ropes, and the queen also. But had Tristan known that trial by combat was to be denied him, certainly he would not have suffered it. For he trusted in God, and knew no man dared draw sword against him in the lists. And truly he did well to trust in God, for though the felons mocked him when he said he had loved loyally, yet I call you to witness, my lords who read this, and who know of the filter drunk upon the seas, and who understand whether his love were disloyalty indeed. For men see this and that outward thing, but God alone the heart, and in the heart alone is crime, and the sole final judge is God. Therefore did he lay down the law that a man accused might uphold his cause by battle, and God himself fights for the innocent in such a combat. Therefore did Tristan claim justice and the right of battle, and therefore was he careful to fail in nothing of the homage he owed King Mark his lord. But had he known what was coming, he would have killed the felons. End of the Discovery